0: What's good? What's good, party people? How are you? How is your spirit? I hope you are protecting your magic by any means necessary because right about now, it's way too easy for people or the news to zap your energy and steal your joy. Anywho, I've been looking forward to speaking to y'all all day. And yes, I know you're probably listening like Candia. We don't get to listen to your podcast the same day you record it, but check out my process for a few seconds, okay? So I usually create an outline for my podcast the night before, and then I record it early in the morning. But sometimes, you know, the night before I'm due to record, I get ideas and messages kind of pop into my head. Sometimes it's because I've watched something on the news or sometimes, you know, I'm lovingly stalking people on the gram or Twitter. Don't be trying to act like y'all don't lovingly stalk people. Um, And it it inspires me to also like talk about this with y'all in the morning, okay? Then I have to pop open my Evernote app to send myself a reminder like, girl, don't forget to tell the people about this. Okay, I've been giving y'all a little bit too much of my after hours business Okay, which y'all can see ain't too much going down, but look, that's an episode for another day. Okay, so the inspiration for today's topic came from the fact that I keep seeing these examples on social media of why it's important to say Black Lives Matter instead of All Lives Matter. And here's the thing people across the nation have captured police brutality on videos. We have people around the world sharing their stories and protesting about racial inequality and police brutality. So if people don't get it by now, they are committed to misunderstanding you. So today I wanted to share one of the real reasons why I believe some white people are so committed to not getting it or seeing the truth. Particularly because for me, solutions to many of our everyday problems exist between mindset and method. What's the thought and feelings that led you to act or not act? Once that is addressed, we can work on methods or approaches. Now, let me just warn you, this conversation may make some of you uncomfortable, but it's necessary for change. Change is uncomfortable. In fact, we all need to be uncomfortable right now. Stop rushing to feel better. We are taught to feel bad about feeling bad. And sometimes discomfort is the actual bridge to change, enlightenment, and success. So here's what I want you to understand. For many people to admit that black lives matter, it means that they would have to admit that they've been living a lie. They would have to admit that they were taught to be racist by their parents, grandparents, and even their great-grandparents. They would have to admit that their father's grandmothers and grandfathers and even their ancestors, they would have to admit that these people didn't work hard, but they were actually thieves who stole labor, land, and genius ideas from black people. This is America as well as the world's history, people. Why do you think slave trader statues are getting defaced, tossed, and thrown in rivers and places like the UK? Most recently, I heard the General Robert E. Lee statue in Richmond, Virginia is in the process of being uh, removed. You see, now these people are being forced to discover the truth of who they are. They would also have to consider the fact that maybe their children are not that smart or not that talented that they were simply admitted to a college or a high school of their choice, or given a pass for a crime that they definitely committed because of their white privilege. They would even have to consider their very own roles in the workplace and the positions within their career. And they would have to consider the fact that they were given this position, not because they were competent or talented, Not because they could execute on the responsibilities flawlessly, not because they were equipped, but because of their white privilege. You see, it's easier for people to stand in a group and hard for you to stand alone. So for these people to admit that Black Lives Matter means that they would have to have the courage to stand alone within their very own families and have difficult conversations on how they were raised to be racist. They would have to go against every single thing that their family has ever taught or given them. And they would have to admit this truth and have these discussions, not only with their parents and grandparents and cousins and things of that sort, but they would have to tell their children that they made a mistake. So listen, y'all, that level of examination and truth is just too much of a burden for some of them to bear. So the other day I was watching, uh, Virginia governor, Ralph, uh, Northam, discussing uh, the removal of the statue in Richmond of General uh, Robert E. Lee. And he talked about, you know, the pain that's felt across the country. Uh, and did y'all know that apparently Virginia has the most Confederate statues in the country? I mean, I don't know why I'm so surprised. Virginia has a 400 year history, including its role in the slave trade and Civil War. But, anywho, interestingly enough, uh during that press conference Robert W Lee is who is a descendant of Robert E Lee's family was present and he's in agreement with the governor and lieutenant governor i think his name is Justin Fairfax so he's in agreement as they uh, are are talking through this whole rem- you know uh removal of the statue and He also published an article for the Washington Post, and I'll include the link in the show notes, but he says this, he says, in the small town where I live and grew up, the lost cause of the Confederacy didn't need a special name. It was the education we all received. We were taught that during the Civil War, the Confederate States of America had just motive. Perhaps you've heard the mantra, the Civil War was fought for states' rights. It was enshrined in monuments across the country after the war ended. The catch is, there's more to that sentence. Something we Southerners are never taught. The Civil War was fought for states' rights to enslave African people in the United States of America. End quote. So there you go, people that was the start of a racist system. That was the start of some of these people who are now beginning or who who have uh, uh, refused to admit that Black Lives Matter, they're still living off that system that was created by their ancestors. And so, again, for some people, to admit that Black Lives Matter means they would have to admit that they've been living a lie. And in my opinion, a lot of their unwillingness is rooted in fear and anxiety about accepting the fact that their ancestors and parents and, you know, they built, promoted, or encouraged a racist system. And now we're trying to force them into a new way of life because it goes against everything that they've been taught. It would force them to really look at themselves And listen, y'all know as human beings, looking at ourselves is what we really hate to do. Getting constructive feedback is what we really hate to do. It's one of the hardest things in the world. That's why some of us remain stuck. And that's why some of us uh, struggle to grow and maintain relationships because we don't want to look at ourselves. So listen, by no means am I telling you to have sympathy for these people. I'm just saying some people are committed to misunderstanding you. Choose your energy wisely. You see, racism is not a one-time event. And stepping into change and a greater role of awareness takes commitment and it's very uncomfortable. And ultimately, people have to realize this is a long process. This is a long process, but again, discomfort is the bridge to enlightenment and change and then success. And not everyone, I want you to really understand about this journey that we're on right now. Not everyone is going to change. Let it fuel you to cut ties with those people or companies who believe, who don't believe that black lives matter, who don't practice what they preach by taking a look at their executive, you know, or leadership teams and taking a look at their hiring and recruiting practices so that they make sure that they are aligned with the statements that they recently made about the, you know, the murder of George Floyd and the social injustice and racism happening around the world. You know, for me... I believe companies as well as individuals need to feel the economic consequences of their action. I believe communication is one of the most powerful ways to uh, combat racism. I believe unlearning and learning is definitely part of the solution. So, you know, I also want to share a few people who I've been following uh, over the last two weeks in particular who have been really, really Uh, sharing insightful and helpful information for people to take action on immediately. Right? Now listen, I can't stress this enough. Change will not be hard and it won't have, you know, a change will be hard and it won't happen overnight, but we must trade this convenience and comfort now for a better life later. So a few people I've been lovingly stalking and appreciating uh, for, for keeping me uh, up to date and, and, and taking action towards change. So there's Dr. Erin L. Thomas on Twitter. And I'm going to include uh, links to their website, social media profile, so you can lovingly stalk them like me. But her name is Dr. Erin L. Thomas. She's actually the head of diversity and, and inclusion at Upwork. And she writes uh, content about uh, diversity and inclusion. And also, there is Shay M. Lawson. She's an attorney. She shared a. Um, she has a whole website which includes a list of anti-racism resources for people and even parents to deepen their anti-racism work. Right. And so it's definitely actionable. She's another one. Oh, and I uh, hired, uh, Shay M Lawson to help me with contracts. She's dope. So if you need a lawyer around copyright and trademarks and things of that sort, uh, look her up. I'll include her information. She's great. Cheryl Dorsey, uh, founder of TP Insight, She's another man trailblazer. So she compiled a, not only did she compile a list of companies that have spoken out against, um, racism but it's a massive spreadsheet that includes the number of black employees in leadership, the gross revenue for the company. she has uh, indicated whether they have diversity uh, and inclusion, focused programming. So for me, that you know that spreadsheet can help you make better decisions in terms of who you uh, spend your money with or how you invest your money. Um, Catherine Miller, shout out to Catherine. She's the VP of impact for the James Beard foundation. Uh, I met Catherine maybe about two, three years ago at the South by Southwest conference. And she later invited me to speak to, um, women, of, um, I think it's the the James Beard Women in Leadership Program, and she's definitely been a support for me as well in gaining more visibility. But anywho, uh, she, the editors behind the James Beard Foundation, compiled a list of Black owned restaurants and food businesses and communities across the country. So again, it's about spending smart, spending wisely. Uh, Michelle Kim, she is the founder of Awaken. Michelle is like a beast. I lovingly stalk her on Instagram and Twitter. And what I like about how her work is not only is she creating content, actionable content, but she's also committed to showing Asians how they can show up for the Black community right now. And here's why that is important. You know, there is a long-standing uh, there's been a longstanding tension between the Asian community and the black community. And I just love and value the way she shows up online, but she's also out there on the front lines. She um, protesting and she also like matched bell for some people about a week or so ago as well. So she's, she's a, she's another powerful ally. Another shout out goes to Gloria Atanmo. She's a travel blogger, but she's also a creator Uh, known as Glow Graphics on IG. I absolutely love the tips, insights, and templates that she creates and shares on IG. I mean, these are real unifying resources that you could use to, you know, if you have, you don't know what to text your Black friends, Glow has produced content for you, okay? Plug and play. If you want to hold brands accountable, she... Uh, has content on that. If you want phrases to avoid or how to be an ally, she's provided content and templates on that. So definitely one of my favorite people to follow and get uh, actionable insights and and information on. And so in addition to that, of course, we have good old fashioned books, right? That's always helpful because Googling uh, this history could take you down the black hole. Okay. And one of the things that I try to be mindful about is my dad used to remind me or remind us, my sister and my mom. He used to always say this quote: Those who fail to learn from history are condemned to repeat it. That quote was said by George Santana in 1905. And and I think after him, Winston Churchill kind of like remixed it and said, Those who fail to learn from history are condemned to repeat it. But I say all of that to say it's necessary to understand the history of this country and why people are so uh, angry and adamant about change. So, you know, there's the new Jim Crow uh, book. It focuses on mass incarceration and the age of colorblindness. White Fragility is another book. Why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism And then another great book is by James Baldwin, uh, The Fire Next Time. Okay, so there you have it, people. I hope that you have walked away from this episode with not only a deeper understanding of why it's so hard for some people uh, to state that Black Lives Matter, but also I hope you walk away with a few people and resources to help you take action towards change to help you take action towards having difficult conversations and making better purchasing decisions so that's it for me people please like comment and share uh peace out protect your magic by any means necessary talk to y'all soon